When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to Band Biographies. I'm Tom Austin Morgan, your host, and I'm here to let you know what's been going on since the Brad Helene interview went out last month and what you can expect from the next episode. Firstly, I'd like to thank Brad once more for his time, as well as his own flexibility when faced with my chaotic house on the day we recorded, meaning he had to wait a further hour to talk to me. I'm very grateful he didn't just tell me to fuck myself. I had a great time talking with him, and we even exchanged a few emails since about who we consider to be some of the best bassists that ever were. He's a true gent, which seems to be the overriding thing I'm finding over the last year and all the guests I've spoken to. Everyone has been really kind to me, as well as funny and incredibly interesting. Go check out the new single by Nervous Eaters, Superman's Hands, out now. Secondly, the show got a new review on Apple Podcasts. Long-standing friend of the show, Stacey Nicholson, and top fan, I might add, discovered that though she doesn't listen to the show via Apple Podcasts, she could still leave a review on there if she used her work phone, and it reads as follows. A must-listen. I absolutely love this show. The documentary shows are well-researched, and you get so much more than just the history of each band. Tom also does monthly roundups to let you know what's happening in the music world, as well as some really interesting interviews with people from many different bands. I can't rate this show highly enough. It's a must listen. And there are five exclamation points after that? Thank you so much, Stacey. I really appreciate the Herculean effort you went to to leave that review. You're too kind. And you know, though, this means that none of you have any excuses anymore as long as you have access to an iPhone. Go and ask your family, friends or colleagues to borrow theirs and visit Apple Podcasts to leave a five-star rating and most crucially, a review. They really do help to get the show noticed by people casually searching for music podcasts to listen to. Every time I receive a new one, I notice that I've gone up the rankings slightly in the charts. A thirdly, Band Biographies has a merch store I know it's not quite the time to be asking people to spend their hard-earned cash, especially on such frivolities as socks, drinks, bottles and sliders, let alone t-shirts and hoodies. But there have been some sales already, and there are a host of designs available for hopefully all tastes. The link for the Spring Tea Store is on the Band Biographies Facebook page at the moment, but I'll try and get it onto the Twitter and the Instagram bios as well. But where the hell has August gone? I don't know about you, but I've barely noticed it. 
probably because outside of work there have been extra band practices because of gigs almost every weekend, as well as writing new songs and doing a bit of recording here and there as well. I've also been looking after a small member of my family quite a lot over the summer holidays and she requires a lot of attention, meaning that my evenings and weekends where I'm not playing music are now taken up with work rather than the things that I usually enjoy doing, like editing and making this podcast, for example. A full disclosure, I've finished the script for the next documentary but haven't found the time to record it yet. It's possible that I could have if I've not slept over August but I'm having trouble balancing it all as it is without adding sleep deprivation into the mix. So once again, I have no idea when I'll be getting back to that documentary. Hopefully at some point in September, after I've chilled out for a day or two. It's not all bad news. I enjoy a lot of what I do, especially the music. Since last I spoke to you, I played a gig with Sham69 in Penzance in Cornwall, which is the entire width of the widest part of the UK from where I live. I was away from home for 36 hours, and nearly 24 of that was in a van with the other guys. But the gig was amazing. Very hot and sweaty, but so high energy. I also got to meet a punk legend in the shape of Mark Perry, who's the founder of one of the original punk fanzines Sniffin' Glue, and frontman of the band Alternative TV, so that was class. Plus I got to meet up with an old friend of mine who I'd not seen in nearly 20 years who lives down that way. And my resurrected pop-punk band High Frequency also played a couple of very well-attended charity all-dayers and seemed to have gained a few new fans, which is great. It's ironic that we started out again trying to be a covers band, but have ended up playing only original material this year. But I'm absolutely loving it. And now, it's time for the news. Fresh from their appearance at the closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, Ozzy Osbourne has released a new single that features Black Sabbath bandmate Tony Iommi called Degradation Rules. It's off Ozzy's upcoming Patient No. 9 album, which will be released on the 9th of September. Harley Flanagan of New York hardcore band Cro-Mags stated that the band is about halfway through recording a new album. Flanagan said it's more than half finished, I will be tracking vocals and lead guitars etc when I get home from tour, with Arthur Risk producing once again. We got offered some great shows later this year, so I plan on keeping very busy. See you on tour. I may or may not be in conversation to get the Cro-Mags on the show at some point, fingers crossed. Also in Cro-Mags related news, they were playing Rebellion Festival in Blackpool recently, and while they were walking around checking out the merch stalls, one of the band members stumbled on one that was selling bootleg Cro-Mags merchandise. Right there and then, the band confiscated the unauthorised items. Said bootlegger did not put up much resistance, understandably, especially if it was Flanagan. Check that guy out, you don't want to mess with him. Bootlegging has been on the rise over the past couple of years due in part to technology that makes it easier for anyone to print merchandise. With bands making a fraction of the money from physical sales that they used to, touring and merch income has become increasingly important, 
and it's difficult to gauge what percentage of banned items sold worldwide are unauthorised, though some sources estimate that as much as 50% of merch sales is of bootlegged items. Don't buy unofficial merch, always go to the band's official websites. Dark Horse Records will release a Joe Strummer box set on September the 16th called Joe Strummer 00 called Joe Strummer 2 The Mescaleros Years. In addition to including all three Mescaleros albums, the set includes 15 rare tracks recorded during his years in the band. All of the albums are remastered by engineer Paul Hicks and are packaged with new liner notes, unreleased photos and four reproduction lyric sheets and chord charts. The box set was exclusively produced by Strummer's widow Lucinda Tate and produced by David Zonshine. A previously unreleased song from 2002 called Fantastic has been released ahead of the set. Celtic folk punkers Flogging Molly have released a lyric video for their new song This Road of Mine. The song is off their upcoming album Anthem, due out on September the 9th via Rise Records. The Cure have announced they will be reissuing their 1994 album Wish for its 30th anniversary. The reissue will feature a remastered version of the album done by Robert Smith and Miles Showell at Abbey Road Studios, and 24 previously unreleased tracks. It will be available on CD, cassette and digitally from October the 7th via UMC, Fiction and Polydor. The vinyl will be out on November the 25th. Uyea Sound that was originally released on their 1993 cassette Lost Wishes has also been re-released and the band will be touring Europe and the UK in the autumn. On October the 28th, 2019, The Damned played a show at the London Palladium where they attempted to have the largest gathering of vampires ever known, with singer Dave Vanian obviously himself dressed as a vampire. Now the band releases a live double album on CD, vinyl and DVD, commemorating the event two years to the day. Pre-order now for the chance to get a limited edition concert poster as well as glow-in-the-dark vinyl or red and transparent vinyl versions. Anti-Flag have announced that they will be releasing a new album called Lies They Tell Our Children which will be out on the 6th of January 2023 via AF Records and Spine Farm Records. The band have also released two videos for the singles Laugh Cry Smile Die which features Shane Told of Silverstein and The Fight of Our Lives, which features Tim McIlrath of Rise Against and Brian Baker of Bad Religion. Anti-Flag will be touring North America this autumn, including Anti-Fest dates. Anti-Flag is also releasing a 10th anniversary edition of the album The General Strike on Red Vinyl. This new version is out on the 14th of November via Side One Dummy Records. In addition to updated art, this release is remastered and has two unreleased tracks from the recording sessions called Whistleblower and Skate. Bad Religion have cancelled their UK and European tour on the grounds of a family emergency within the band. I hope that whatever this is resolves itself soon. However, they and Social Distortion have announced a co-headlining tour of Australia and New Zealand that will take place in February of 2023. Punk covers supergroup Me First and the Gimme Gimmies have announced tour dates for Australia and New Zealand in February 2023 also. CJ Ramon, Spike Slauson, Joey Cape, Pinch and Swami John Reese make up the band on this tour. 
Me First and the Gimme Gimmies will also be touring North America this autumn with Surfboard and the Black Tones in support. NoFX has re-released their Longest Line EP, available now. The new version comes in two variants, one with the original artwork and one with new art by Dan Seitz which features more up-to-date pop culture references and characters on the sleeve. On Sunday, September 25th, The Ray in LA will host a tribute show to the deceased Howie Pyro. Artists appearing at the gig include Tim Armstrong of Rancid, The Dickies, Jesse Malin, Wayne Kramer of MC5, Susie Gardner of L7, Kid Congo Powers and more. Proceeds will go to the UCLA Liver Transplant Foundation. On the 8th of August, Daryl Hunt, the Pogues bass player, passed away at 72. The band posted on social media, We're saddened beyond words. Our Daryl passed away yesterday afternoon in London. My condolences to Hunt's family, friends and fans. Rage Against the Machine have cancelled their European tour this year, including an appearance at Reading and Leeds festivals. During the band's current tour, Tom Morello was knocked down by a security guard who was chasing a stage diver, and singer Zach De La Rocha injured his leg, but the band continued the dates. However, Rage Against the Machine have posted that, per medical guidance, Zach De La Rocha has been advised that the August and September 2022 UK and European leg of the Rage Against the Machine tour cannot proceed. It is with great disappointment that we announce this cancellation. Rage Against the Machine will be finishing their run at Madison Square Garden on August the 11th, 12th and 14th, and then Zach must return home for rest and rehabilitation. The flights, travel time and rigorous schedule in the UK and Europe are simply too much of a risk for a complete recovery. We are sorry to all of our fans who have waited years to see us and hope to rage again soon. Please contact your point of purchase for refunds to any headline shows, Brad, Tim, Tom and Zach. Now this led to a very rare set of circumstances where, when the 1975 were announced as headliners at Reading and Leeds, replacing Rage Against the Machine, not exactly the same kind of band, loads of people applied for refunds, something festivals don't generally do as they are multi-band events, and open to these kinds of lineup changes. However, due to mounting pressure, they were forced to, but then perhaps they should have booked a similar band to play that time slot. Who knows? Weezer has cancelled their upcoming Broadway residency. The band planned to do a six-night residency celebrating the release of their new SZNZ project, I don't know how you pronounce that, I've never known, which is four separate EPs. On Weezer's Discord server, frontman Rivers Cuomo released a statement, I just learned that our Broadway shows have been cancelled due to low ticket sales and unbelievably high expenses. I'm very sorry to be telling you this now after we've already invested so much time, thought and emotion. Extra apologies to those of you who cleared schedules and made travel plans to be with us. Thanks to Broadway producer for all your hard work and great ideas. I loved where we were going and I hope we can find a way to resurrect our vision. Buzzcocks are releasing a new album on September 23rd called Sonics in the Soul via Cherry Red Records. The album was recorded at Studio 7 in London and co-produced by Steve Diggle with Lawrence Loveless. This will be the band's first album, LP, since the loss of singer Pete Shelley in 2018. Jerry Only of The Misfits will be releasing his debut solo album called Antihero on the 28th of October via Misfits Records. 
However, the announcement also stated that this does not mean an interruption or discontinuation of the original Misfits touring. The original Misfits will be headlining Riot Fest in September and playing a show in Dallas with Alice Cooper and the Distillers in October. On August the 16th, a mural in Manchester of Joy Division's late frontman Ian Curtis was painted over to make way for an advertisement for the new album from rapper H. Axe P19, the artist who created the mural, took to Instagram to say, So my mural of Ian Curtis, based on the original photograph by Philippe Carly, has been painted over to promote the release of a new album. Personally, I don't have anything against hand-painted advertising, as this is how I make my living, but this mural had become a cultural landmark and meant so much to people from Manchester and beyond. It doesn't take much common sense to understand that this mural should have remained for what it represented and stood for. H took to social media to comment and apologise for the act, saying, It's come to light that the iconic Ian Curtis mural on Port Street has been painted over with my album artwork. This is the first time I've heard of this. Me and my team are getting this fixed pronto. No way on earth would I want to disrespect a local hero like Ian. Peter Hook took to Twitter to comment on H's statement, writing, Thank you, H. Great gesture, with a thumbs up emoji. The mural is currently getting fixed as we speak, according to a tweet from H. Scar Legends Bad Manners are re-releasing six albums on vinyl. This is Scar, Eat the Beat, All the Best Live, Greatest Hits Live, Heavy Petting and Rare and Fatty are each getting the vinyl treatment. Each are out via Plastic Head in November. The Dropkick Murphys have released a video for their new song, Ten Times More, from their upcoming album of Woody Guthrie covers, This Machine Still Kills Fascists, which is due out on September the 30th. The Murphys will be touring Europe in 2023 after cancelling in 2022, and I'll likely be at the London show, if any of you are around. Billy Idol will release a four-track EP called The Cage on the 23rd of September via Dark Horse Records. The title track is available on streaming now. Slam Dunk Festival has announced their first wave lineup for 2023. The Offspring, Enter Shikari, Billy Talent, Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake performing Hello Rockview, Creeper, Four Years Strong, Malevolence, Holding Absence, Zebrahead, Trash Boat, Maggie Lindemann, Noah Fintz, Real Friends, Grayscale, Charlotte Sounds, Destroy Boys, Fit for a King, See You Space Cowboy, Girlfriends, Kids in Glass Houses performing Smart Casual, and The Academy Is have all been announced. Slam Dunk will take place on May the 27th at Hatfield Park in Hertfordshire and May 28th at Leeds Temple Newsham in Leeds. I'm sorely tempted to go back to this festival, if only for Billy Talent who I've never managed to see live yet. Now there have been three major albums that dropped this month that I want to have a chat about now. None of them are punk. However, they cover the range of all sorts of alternative rock. And we'll start with Kasabian, with The Alchemist's Euphoria. I was quite looking forward to this, because their debut self-titled album, released in 2004, was an instant hit, sounding like nothing else at the time. And they had a tough time following it up, though, until 2011's Velociraptor and 2014's 4813. The Alchemist's Euphoria is a totally different sound for the band, 
for a start, is the first release since frontman Tom Meehan left the band after appearing in court on charges of assaulting his fiancée. This means that Serge Pizzorno, who shared vocal duties with Tom while also being lead guitarist, is the sole singer now. Serge released a solo album in 2019 which was much more rave and rap flavoured than his work in Kasabian, and I quite liked it. So I expected The Alchemist's Euphoria to be a bit more along those lines. And in places it is, but in very few places. For the most part the album is very low tempo, and though he's certainly got a flair for lyrics, I'm not sure he has the vocal presence of Mian, or the pair needed each other to bounce off of. It's a schizophrenic album, veering from Beatles-esque acoustic numbers to big beat ravers with no real feel of a narrative or thread to hold it all together. Hopefully the band will find its feet on the next album, and that would certainly fit my own feelings on the band's back catalogue of like, don't like, don't like, 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 don't like, and then this one. Here's one for the metalers. Machine Head have released their 10th studio album called Of Kingdom and Crown, which is an hour-long concept album based on a Netflix anime series. No, really. I've always thought of Machine Head as a step above the new metal bands that they were sometimes lumped in with in the late 90s and early 2000s. They're a lot more progressive in style than a lot of the bands that clogged the airwaves at that time, and whose music hasn't aged very well. Machine Head have a great back catalogue, though I must admit it's not the kind of music I can listen to for extended periods of time. I like a bit of melody along with the pummeling beats. That said, there's a bit of both on this new album, which is basically a whole new band backing up frontman and guitarist Rob Flynn. Now full disclosure, I've not listened to the album all the way through yet, but it sounds so much more primal and angry and powerful than anything they've put out in the last decade at least. Maybe it's that new blood and the thrill of playing with new people again. Maybe it's just the way Flynn's writing now. Whatever it is, it feels like the band has something to say again, and have found a spark between themselves. I look forward to completing the album one day. And speaking of metal, Muse has released their ninth album, Will of the People, this month as well, and they've taken on board a heavier sound alongside their prog alt-rock all-over-the-map sound. Apparently Warner Brothers was asking for a Greatest Hits album from them, so they decided to make a genre-hopping album of new songs that sounds like a Greatest Hits from various periods of their career. And this means that for the first time in a long time there's even one song on there called Ghosts, How Can I Move On, that is a simple vocals and piano song in the style of Unintended from their debut 1999 album Showbiz. Interestingly, they've somehow managed to pull this off, there are songs on here that sound like they could have been on The Resistance, The Second Law, Drones or Simulation Theory, if not Origin of Symmetry, Absolution and Black Holes and Revelations. I'm a massive Muse fan and they can do almost no wrong in my eyes, though I have noticed a deterioration in the lyrics over the last few albums, while the production and music have become more elaborate. And this is most evident on the album closer We Are Fucking Fucked and to an extent on Liberation, where the repeated thank yous sound like a queen pastiche. Also, the song You Make Me Feel Like It's Halloween sounds too much like Rockwell's Somebody's Watching Me for it to be a coincidence, like Muse either want a Halloween hit of their own, or want to get played on Halloween week of Strictly Come Dancing or something like that. Won't Stand Down is the most raucous metal-infused number on the album, 
and is a real standout. Overall though, the album Will of the People is another in a long list of absolute belters from the boys from Devon, a must listen to in my eyes. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I've not managed to get the next documentary done yet again. I'm going to have to stop apologising at some point, but it is slightly embarrassing. Worse still, I had a guest lined up for this month's episode, but hours before we were due to record, he told me he was ill, and though I've got lots of irons in the fire at the moment, none were forthcoming in time for the 1st of September, and I even failed to get this episode out on the 1st, let alone a week beforehand like it usually goes out. So I'm not really sure even if there will be an episode this month. I hope to get something out for you, but I'm at a bit of a loss right now. I'm talking to a couple of people at the moment, um, as well as the slightly less known bands. I've got a member of a band that I think most people will have heard of, and I've also got a comedian as well, which is kind of cool. It'll be an interesting way to kind of talk about the differences between musicians and comedians as performers, and uh, yeah, dig a little bit deeper into the psyche of comedians. But. As yet, nothing's in stone, everything's in conversation and pinning down dates. So as soon as I've got anything done, I will release it this month. And then hopefully with the four or five people I've got lined up at the moment, that will keep me going for the rest of the year. And at some point that new documentary will come out. I absolutely promise you, I will get it done by the end of the year. You have my word on that, perhaps. I need to get back to balancing all the aspects of my life again, but that comes after I travel to Austria this weekend for a gig with Sham69, headlining a festival there. God, how my life's changed since the beginning of 2020. Perhaps next year I'll take a break over the summer, an enforced break, to give myself some time so that this doesn't happen again. Either way, I'll be letting you know. I do hope you get to hear my dulcet tones again at some point this month, but if not, please do come and speak to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or by sending me an email. Let me know what you thought of the albums I reviewed on this episode, as well as anything that I've missed that you think I should be talking about. Also, please do leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and visit the podcast merch store, the link for which is on the Facebook page at the moment, though I will try and get a link tree set up for Instagram and Twitter. More work. Anyway, until next time, see you in the pit. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 